When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, and we continue. This is Zach Gelb's show, Coast to Coast on CBS Sports Radio. So the Jets, they finally got a touchdown. I think it was like the first time in 38 possessions. But the Jets got a touchdown yesterday. It was the only points that they scored as they did lose to the Buffalo Bills by a final score of 32-6. to The Jets are now on a three-game Losing streak. Remember that time they were on a three-game winning streak where they took care of business against the Broncos? By the way, the Broncos now look a little bit different as they survived last night. Back-to-back weeks, they just survived, but they get some victories. The Jets also beat the Eagles, and they came on back against the G-Men, the New York football Giants. Since then, uh, six points against the Chargers, 12 points against the Raiders, (laughs) And six points against the Buffalo Bills. So the Jets are now four and six. They are going to Tim Boyle, Pat Boyle, whoever you want to call him as the quarterback. And they just announced a few moments ago that Trevor Simeon is going to be QB2. I heard Boomer Esiason this morning. I was told he said the Jets should just cut Zach Wilson. He's not wrong. And we'll get back to the potential return of Aaron Rodgers in just a second and how that would just be... So idiotic by the New York Jets to put Aaron Rodgers back on the field. But Joe Douglas needs to take some heat here. Because Joe Douglas went out there. He acquired Aaron Rodgers. He found a way to rectify the Zach Wilson mistake and go out and get Aaron Rodgers. But when Rodgers, four plays into the season, has the Achilles injury, you needed to go get a new quarterback. And Zach Wilson should have only have been a temporary play. But even before this season, you could argue that Joe Douglas should have enhanced the backup quarterback position, and he didn't. And they kept on doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on Zach Wilson, and finally, enough was enough yesterday. Too little too late, because look at what the Cleveland Browns are doing, and it was a different part in the season, but they haven't had Deshaun Watson for a bulk of the season, and they're still 7-3. and And the Cleveland Browns have a kick-ass defense. The Jets have a kick-ass defense. And on the offensive side of the ball, neither team have quarterbacks. But right at the trade deadline, how the heck did Joe Douglas not do something? The Vikings were smart. They went out and traded for Josh Dobbs. But how many quarterbacks are we going to see that we haven't heard of or we don't really know much about? They go to different spots this year and are at least capable of playing a good game or two. Zach Wilson isn't capable of that. Zach Wilson is one of the biggest busts of all time. And Joe Douglas should know about the importance of the backup quarterback because he was in Philadelphia when Nick Foles was the backup quarterback. And Carson Wentz got hurt. And the Eagles still won a Super Bowl. So it's amazing to me that Joe Douglas did nothing. And his ego 
really got in the way of uh, doing something here. That's the only explanation that I have. Because what? If you cut Zach Wilson or if you traded for someone else, people are going to bring back up the draft pick. People are already over the number two overall draft pick when you selected Zach Wilson because you delivered them Aaron Rodgers. The team quit. The team gave up. The team hated Zach Wilson last year. They didn't believe in him. They were wearing Mike White shirts when you announced Mike freaking White as the starting quarterback. That's how much they didn't like this guy. And sure, Zach matured. Sure, Zach grew up this year. He learned how to handle the press conferences better. But he's still garbage as an NFL quarterback. So to continue to invest in that idea of maybe you could find a way to change the narrative about your awful draft pick is just insanity. And finally, they ran out of options, and now they're going to Tim Boyle with Trevor Simeon as the backup? Neither of those guys are going to be able to cut it. But this is what happens when you sit there, you do nothing, you ignore the backup quarterback position, you kind of get what you deserve. So at this rate, and Boomer said this before even knowing, and maybe Boomer knew some things were going to happen, and I don't think it, it, you even need the information, there's no way that the Jets could start Zach Wilson at home on Black Friday, everyone watching at 3 p.m. Eastern on Amazon Prime. There's no way you could do it. You'd be begging for those Jets fans to just hellaciously boo Zach Wilson. And I don't expect Tim Boyle to do anything. And this offense has a lot of problems. The line sucks. Nathaniel Hackett without Aaron Rodgers is lost. So there's a lot of problems with this offense. Lazard, he couldn't even catch a cold these days. There's a ton of problems with this offense. But there is zero reason to keep on throwing Zach Wilson out there. And at this rate, to keep him as your third-string quarterback, why? Do him a favor. Say goodbye to him. Let him try to start whatever is next. Whatever coordinator or head coach says, oh, it was the Jets that messed them up. We could fix him and make him a backup quarterback or maybe give him another chance down the road to start. Let that process start now. There's no need for him to be on the roster. Because if we're at the point of, hey, it can't get any worse with Tim Boyle or it can't get any worse with Trevor Simeon, what's the purpose of keeping him on the roster? But Joe Douglas needs to catch a lot of heat for this one and a lot of flack. Because you got rid of the quarterback problem by bringing in Aaron Rodgers. Then the Achilles injury happened, and the quarterback problem popped back up because you didn't invest in the backup quarterback position. Imagine if the Jets had Jacoby Brissett or Josh Dobbs or Jameis Winston. Like, I'm not throwing out these great names. I'm not throwing out these impossible asks for names. But any of those three guys would be drastically better than the the play of Zach Wilson. And the Zach Wilson story, it's now kind of just like a sad story. You keep on trotting him out there, and you know he's incapable. You know he's not good. And finally, cooler heads prevailed here, or Joe Douglas just stopped with the humana, 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 and he made his coach look like a moron two weeks ago. Um, on ESPN Radio in New York with Michael Kay when they were pressing him about maybe going another quarterback and the coach had no answer. He basically gave you a verbal diarrhea 
with what you were hearing from uh, from Robert Sala a few weeks ago. So Zach Wilson is done, but now it's like the Jets. Sam, I know we were having fun earlier, or you were poking fun at my idea of Tom Brady going to the Cleveland Browns. You talked about how bad of an organization the Browns are. The Jets could be like one of the dumbest organizations in the history of sports. And I know that they somehow, someway got Aaron Rodgers. Um, and that's wonderful. And I think Rodgers will win comeback player of the year next year. We know they have a really damn good defense. They got to beef up that offensive line. But with what you look at right now in 2023, I don't care if Rodgers thinks he's the world's quickest healer, if Rodgers thinks he's uh, God's gift, if he thinks ayahuasca Aaron could go into a cave and emerge from the cave and magically be healed, whatever this stuff is. But if Rodgers is returning just to prove a point and they let him play, and I know that they genuflect to Rodgers and Rodgers run the organization, they may be the dumbest team in the history of the NFL. You cannot allow Aaron Rodgers at his age do something unprecedented and return when there is zero incentive and zero reason for him to be on the field taking snaps outside of just giving your fans something to cheer for at the end of the year. This team is 4-6. and six. After Friday, they will be 4-7. and seven. They're already done even in the AFC not being as strong as what we thought it was, but they're going to be 4-7 and seven after this game on Friday. So why are you bringing back Rodgers? Why would Rodgers play? And I still don't believe he will play. This offensive line stinks. You already have a guy who's not going to be 100% and is not going to have his full mobility back. And even though the progress that he's made already, or at least has displayed to us publicly, is remarkable. I give him that. I respect that. I respect his drive. I respect his commitment. But what's the reason why Rodgers wants to come back? So he can give like a middle finger to everybody and show how different he is and how one of one he is? Behind that offensive line, you are risking a further injury. And you're not going to the playoffs. And you have a chance next year if they change this offensive line and beef up this offensive line for you to have a good team. For you to have a really good team and a really successful season. But to trot them out when the team is, I don't know, eight or nine losses to play the final two games of the season. What are you doing? For me, I think from what I've gathered from Rodgers, it seems like he would only actually really try to come back if they were still in the playoff hunt. If they're four and seven, four and eight, I think at that point he probably says, all right, it's not worth it. But if they have a chance, if they're five mm-hmm. and six, right? Right now, the seventh seed is the Steelers, and we know that they're vulnerable. And they're what? They're, they're six and five. They're vulnerable. So if the Jets get to like five and six. Six and four, Steelers. Six and four. Yeah. So if the Jets get to five and six. And but that they means they have shot, to beat Miami this weekend. No, I understand. I'm just saying, like, they're just, not beating Miami. No, you're right. But I'm just saying, if the Jets are like a game or even two games out of the final playoff spot, if you have Aaron Rodgers in there and he's able to make it work with that defense, sure. But here's the other thing like, watching these games, the Jets' defense at times looks historic, they look dominating. And then there's times where they just absolutely cannot stop anybody. You want to know why? Well, part of it is because they're trying so hard to like be perfect because it's the offense like is Tampa that bad. Bay. It's kind of like Tampa Bay before they got Brady. They know, and that's Jameis Winston. At least would put up thirty something touchdowns. He threw thirty interceptions, but at least he would put up some points. They know that they have no margin of error, and no defense is perfect. 
every defense is going to allow a big play or allow a touchdown. But once you allow that touchdown, it's almost like they exhale because they know, man, the game's over. Because our offense, you score 14 points against the Jets, you win the game. Like most defenses would take only allowing two touchdowns. You score two touchdowns on the Jets defense, bye-bye, good night. And also, you can't even see the best version of this defense because they get no time to rest on the sideline. It's three and out, three and out, three and out. Or even if they move the ball to midfield, they like never get it to the 30-yard line. So you you have to play a perfect game. And naturally, I would mean, have to think the defensive players, and you even saw it a little bit on the sideline with Quinn and Williams, they got to be on edge because they know the moment they allow a big play, it's over. And that's got to be insanely frustrating. Like, like, let's just say, right, this is a partnership, this show. And let's say I wasn't doing my job and I was doing my job at a historically bad rate, but you two are kicking ass, taking names, dominating, and doing a sensational job. Even if you like me as a person, naturally you would get annoyed with me because I would be sinking the ship, which would never happen, of this very fine national radio program and this very fine national network. And when you see someone else just be so bad and you're that good at your job and then you get blamed because you allow one mistake, it's like, well, what about the person that makes 35 mistakes during the game? And as a human, that just got to be so frustrating because you know you have literally zero margin of error. Sure, and there's definitely that psychological side of it. Mm-hmm. However, if you're really that good, you don't have to necessarily even be perfect. They looked like a sieve yesterday, and part of it, like you said... What, the defense? At, the defense. But for a while, it was a 9 nothing game. It was a 9 nothing game, but at the end of the day, like they were driving, and like yeah, they were stopping them from scoring touchdowns, but the Bills were driving at will. They were moving the ball at will. There was a missed field goal in there. It could have been 12 nothing. The Bills were able to move the ball on the Jets at will. And that was part of the issue. And it was the same thing in Week 1. Even though they had those three picks against Josh Allen, when the Bills needed a field goal to tie the game, they got it. They were able to drive and move the ball on the defense. So my point is this. The Jets are not going to be in contention, so I don't think Rodgers is going to come back this year if the Jets are like three games Mm -hmm. out of the final playoff spot with no chance. But even if they are in contention, I don't think this team is good enough. Like you said, the offensive line, and I love Garrett Wilson, but they have no well, number two this. option outside of Garrett Wilson. What do you define? And the defense is good, but it's not as good as we think it, what as, as it can be. What do you define as in contention? Like, if they're two games out and they're not mathematically eliminated, you're not making, like, I mean, if three they're two games, games left, out with five not... games to go, then yeah, you can make that up. And then if, it, if you make but, but that hold up. On. The reporting is that he would maybe come back for the final three weeks of the season. So we got to look at it from the final three weeks of the season. I just don't think there's going to be a scenario. And it's not as if their schedule is the toughest thing in the world. But this offense, maybe maybe Tim Boyle lights it up and it's one of the great stories. And he saves uh, the, the, the New York Jets and gets Rodgers back on the field. But we're talking about the Dolphins this week. Atlanta's not really damn good, but at least they got some offensive playmakers. You play the Texans, CJ Shroud's on fire. You play the Dolphins again. It's like after that stretch... Just at those four games, they're going to pick up two more losses, bare minimum. And then we're talking about, what, they're at six losses right now? Eight losses on the season. They're cooked. But let me just play. Let's just lay this out there for people. Here is the Jay Glazer report from yesterday, which a lot of it is what Sam's saying. If they're in contention. If they have a chance 
to go make the playoffs. But this was Jay Glazer on Fox yesterday. No, more than a slight chance. He's actually going to go back to the Jets this week, start training with them. How about that? He actually sent the Jets video of him working out this week that kind of blew their minds. Like, man, he's a little bit further ahead than we thought. In Aaron Rodgers' mind, he's telling the Jets, I'd like to actually start practicing as early as December 2nd. That's only in a couple weeks from now. And if they're still in playoff contention, he really does mean it. He's going to try and play sometime here in the middle of December. So the middle of December, at the absolute earliest, would be December 17th against the Dolphins. So that means that the they play the Dolphins this week, the Falcons, and the Texans. So that would be the final four weeks of the season at the absolute earliest. They got to go win two out of three. With the schedule being Dolphins, Falcons, and Texans, just to keep this dream alive, does anyone right now in their right mind think the Jets are going to win two out of three? I, I don't because of everything you just said. The line stinks. The defense has no margin of error. And even Tim Boyle goes and gets you a game. Does anyone think he's going to put back-to-back good efforts out there and outscore the Dolphins, the Falcons, and the Texans two out of three times? I, I, I simply just can't see it. And listen, you're probably right that it won't happen. But the question is, hypothetically, what if they are in contention? Let's say they pull off a miracle and they are still in contention with three games to go. Like a game out? I still think with three games to go, two games out no. is fine. As long as there's not like eight other teams in front of you, right? If you're not, if you're like 11, which is going to be the case in the AFC, if they win two straight, they might be like the nine, right? If they're like the nine seed and they only need to jump a team or two, I say let him come back and just see what happens. Yeah, behind this offensive line with really no mobility because mobility is going to be limited. I don't care how quick of a healer you are, I think you're asking for him to get out for next season, unfortunately. And that's why I would just take your loss here. Aaron, we appreciate it. Aaron, we appreciate the courage, the determination, all that stuff. But we got to do what's in the best interest of you. And what's in the best interest of Aaron, even if he doesn't think that way, is for him not to play until next season. Zach Kelp here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We will take a timeout. We'll come on back and we'll update you on some of the biggest stories in the world of sports with some audio with the news brief. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Extra, extra, read all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for...
for your daily news brief. We get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL Live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help you find a fix for free. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Let's start things off with Brandon Staley. He goes on a petulant rant after reporters asked him about potentially giving up play calling duties on defense. I have full confidence, like I've told you, and like I've told you from the beginning, I have full confidence in our way of playing. Full confidence in myself as the play caller and the way that we teach and the way that we scheme. Full confidence in that. We got to bring this group together and do it consistently. Okay, and that's where it's at. So you can stop asking that question. Okay, I'm going to be calling the defenses. Okay, so we're clear. So you don't have to ask that again. When you are a trash head coach, not a good idea and shows a major sign of weakness and shows that the outside noise and your job status with you being on the hot seat is really getting to you. When you get asked a simple question about will you give up play calling duties when you made Jordan Love, who's been a below-average quarterback this year, look like a Hall of Famer the other day and play some of the best football in his young career. When you go off on a reporter like that, quite frankly, you look like a jackass and you look unprofessional. And Brandon Staley needs to be fired. He needed to be fired a few weeks ago. But Brandon Staley's the dude that the Titanic uh, ship is sinking and he's sitting there saying, nothing to see here, folks. Everything's fine. Who's with me? Who wants to stay on board? Who who wants to stay on the ship, even though 75% of it is already underwater? And no one is following his crappy leadership. That's Brandon Staley. So he can sit back and go, yeah, I know I took over play calling duties on on defense. I, you know, I, I'm the guy. We made changes on defense and offense. How dare you question me? He just looks like a buffoon. And this guy needs to be fired. He needed to be fired weeks ago. And the Spanos family, they are the number one reason and the biggest culprit for him still having a job, and you need to go right to the top, and you need to get rid of him because for this team to be four and six, all the talent that they have, and they can't beat anyone, is is just absolutely a joke. And the two games he won this year, he got lucky to win because I don't forget about those. He went for it on fourth down, deep inside his own territory, which was stupid. And you had Kirk Cousins throw a pick and Aiden O'Connell throw a pick because McDaniel's was a McDoofus where he didn't hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs and threw it at the three with Aiden O'Connell. So they're lucky to have four wins this year. But this guy's such a clown. Here is uh, Rex Ryan, who ripped Brandon Staley earlier this AM on Get Up. I think he should go back in Division Three football where he belongs. Look, this guy, look at his resume, man. I mean, I'm sorry. Dude comes in there, one-year coordinate a team that my wife could coach. All right, with Aaron Donald, all those guys. Stop it. Been around like, give me a long time. Oh, yeah. And, and, and trust me, she'd do a hell of a lot better job than this guy's doing with this defense. They're the second-highest payroll in the National Football League on defense. And they're the second-worst. Like, this team is atrocious. That's amazing. I miss Rex Ryan's weekly press conferences, whether they were with the Jets or whether they were with the Buffalo Bills. That's just a football dude. And the Staley story went from one where like a year before he got a job, I was praising him. 
before he got a head coaching job. He was a likable story. But now he's just so insufferable because he thinks he's the smartest dweeb in the room and he gets it wrong consistently over and over again. And he does nothing to change. Nothing. And he blames it on everybody but himself. It's ridiculous. Stu, your team has their own problems inside the AFC West. But you're probably praying that with one year left on the contract that he's back next year as the head coach of the, of the Los Angeles Chargers because of how much of a joke this guy is. Absolutely. He's a terrible head coach. And they've had a lot of bad coaches, but I think he's the worst one they've had in the past, you know, 20 years or whatever it's been. You just get an average, average coach with this talent. This team should easily have a playoff win. Instead, they spotted him, what, 27 points last year? And he choked it up. Let's go to C.J. Stroud through three interceptions yesterday, but the Texans still found a way to get a victory up against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, C.J. Stroud, if the three-interception game will change how he plays. Man, Steph Curry don't ever stop shooting. I'm going to keep I'm keeping letting it ride. I don't got no shame in my game. I definitely got to be smarter, but no confidence is taken away from me. I'm going to keep shooting it. I'm going to keep uh, letting it fly. Um, and, and that's what I think that's what makes me great. That's not going to skew my confidence one bit, um, and I'm going to keep being me. I love C.J. Stroud. I re- I've, I've never changed my tune and opinion on a player in a positive way as quick as C.J. Stroud. Like, you go back to when I talked to him at the Heisman, and I asked him, why should you be the number one overall pick? What would you say to me? And so far, you know, even though his Heisman finalist, I was a little disappointed with C.J. Stroud because I thought he could be better, especially with all the talent around him at Ohio State, and he goes, I'm more mobile than people give me credit for, and I hope to put that on display soon. And then he goes up against Georgia, goes blow for blow with Georgia, should have beat them, quite frankly, did not, and then falls, falls. He was the second overall pick in the draft, and he is lighted up this year in a situation where, like, let's be real, D'Amico Ryan's a really good young head coach, but it's not as if they're loaded with talent on either side of the ball. They got some pieces, but they're not loaded with talent, and this is just the beginning and you just hear the way that he speaks. Brandon Staley is like the definition of someone that's unprofessional. C.J. Stroud is the consummate professional. I actually remember with the Steph Curry analogy that he used. The first time I got to see Steph Curry play live, like in person, not just watch it on TV. It was in Philadelphia. I was so excited. Steph didn't make a three-point shot in the entire game. I was so devastated because Steph Curry... It's just a video game walking in front of you and your jaw hits the floor every time you watch him play basketball. And I asked Steph about going like, oh, a 10, oh, 11. Like, it was really bad. And he goes, shoot or shoot. He goes, I'm a great shooter. I'm going to keep on shooting just as if I made 10 three-pointers in a row. That's a good mentality to have by CJ Stroud. Sure, you could learn. You win a game. That's what good teams do. They win when they don't play their best brands of football. You got to fine-tune some things. I wonder how much the injury maybe played a factor into it as he did leave uh, for a play or two. But there's things you could learn, but I don't think that should really shake your confidence because you still won the game. Let's go to Najee Harris. The Steelers are just all frustrated. A few weeks ago, it was George Pickens. At least that came in a win. Here is Najee Harris frustrated with the offense in a 13-10 loss yesterday to the Cleveland Browns. There's just a lot of stuff that just goes around. It's just... It's just, it's just that you guys don't see. Um, that's a concept. I'm just at a point where it was just like, man, I'm just, I'm just tired of this So he comes from Alabama, and all he does is know what it's like to win. Now, 
He goes to the Steelers organization. The reputation is a very good organization. They're one of the gold standard uh, franchises in sports. But since he's been there, they've never had a shot to win a Super Bowl. And this offense has been brutal where the defense has been really good. Now, Najee Harris had back-to-back 1,000-yard season to start off his career. But you always hear the way that Najee Harris talked about in Pittsburgh. It's like he's missing something. And Jalen Warren is having a better season than him. Jalen Warren had a great game yesterday, nine carries for a buck 29 and a touchdown, and he had that touchdown run for 74 yards. Najee Harris had 12 carries for 35 yards. So there's reasons to be frustrated. You know Kenny Pickett isn't the answer. You know Matt Canada is a bad offensive coordinator, but control what you could control. And Najee Harris hasn't controlled that well this year. So I think that is someone who's very proud with what he does, and he is someone that wants to be on the new a new team. And he knows there's a lot of sloppiness and things that are going wrong behind the scenes. But once again, it's like, what are you doing individually to change it? We'll keep it moving. Uh, let's go to Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones finally decided to put his big boy pants on and make sure that Jimmy Johnson would go into the Cowboys ring of honor. And here is Jerry Jones announcing this on Fox yesterday to Jimmy Johnson. I will say this, it was magical the time we had together. And I want you to know something. On December the 30th of 1923, you're going in the Dallas Cowboy ring. Yeah. I hope it's 2023. What did I say? 2023. Well, it is 2023. We want to get this real clear. Okay, three weeks from now. 1923. I know Jerry Jones is getting up there in age, but when I heard that yesterday, here's how I kind of processed it. Sometimes you are asked to do something or pressured to do something, and you don't want to do it. And Jerry Jones has acted like a child with someone that, right, he was very close to for a long time, going back to their days together at Arkansas, and then what they did with the Cowboys, but then it was an ugly end. And... He's held that grudge against Jimmy Johnson and has refused. Like, Jimmy Johnson's made the Hall of Fame before getting put in the Cowboys Ring of Honor. That's just backwards. So backwards. So now, with how many people really last two, three years have been pushing this issue, he finally caved. And I still don't think he wants to put him in the Ring of Honor. And that's when you're doing something that you really don't want to do. It's like mentally you're saying to yourself, man, I don't want to do this, but I have to do it. And then you misspeak where you just say something that doesn't even make sense, where you go from 2023, where you get in to, what, 1923? Or whatever the year was that he said. That's my probably too far in deep analysis of what was going on in the uh, cabeza of one Jerry Jones Santer. Either that or he's living in 1923 and he still <laughs> thinks that he's back in that time. I thought that he was talking military time. I was like, oh, oh 1923, yeah. <laughs> he means that at exactly 7.23 p.m. Eastern time. It, it drives me nuts. My dad, who is not in the military, all the clocks that he has in the house, in the car, he's obsessed with military time. So I went home this weekend to visit the family and the military time just throws me off. I never have any damn clue what time it is, and I always have to look down at the phone. Just because, like, right away, I'm not good with mental math. So when I look up and I see 16, like, 13 or something like that, I'm like, ugh, I have no clue what actual time it is. So I, I'm not a, a big fan of military time. Big fan of military, but not a big fan of military time. Just want to put that out there. Next thing you know, someone tweets out, oh, here's this dope on CBS Sports Radio being against the military. No, no, no. I'm all for the troops. 
just not uh, for military time. And finally, uh, I'm usually for Jim Harbaugh. I'm not for this analogy. Uh, Jim Harbaugh had a very weird analogy about his locker room. Go back to that uh, the Ted Lasso show. Believe. And what comes out of that is believe. And I'm just so proud. Just so proud of our team. Despite that noise, our locker room's in one piece. Like Ted, for me, locker rooms, a lot like my mom's bathing suits. Like to see them in one piece. <laughs> That's cringe. That's the ultimate dad joke. I've told my uncle, my uncle Gary, many times before. He kind of reminds me like Jim Harbaugh. And they also have very similar glasses as well and like the same kind of mannerisms too. And real like bring your lunch pail to work every day and be a workaholic, all that stuff. And work until you can't work anymore and then work some more. But my uncle is like the king of dad jokes. When we go out to restaurants with him, uh, my cousin and I, we cringe and like kick each other underneath the table every time he makes a dad joke. And that was the dad joke of all dad jokes by Jim Harbaugh, where it's like a little bit funny, but you're not really laughing because you think it's funny. It's more so you're laughing at, you know, out of sympathy for how cringe the joke was and talking about your mother and how you want to see her in a one-piece bathing suit because, right, no one wants to see their mom in a bikini. It was just an analogy that you just really didn't need. And I'm very pro Harbaugh. I think it's a joke what the Big Ten and the NCAA has uh, done to him. But I would actually tack on a, a game to that suspension <laughs> after that uh, dad joke. I would say, Jim, I have no problem with what happened with Connor Stallions. But after that dad joke, we go from three games to four games. And then put an end to all this. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll take a break. We'll come on back with three college football takes. But first up, standing by with the latest CBS Sports Radio update is the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 
Well, that was a college football take that we got right. We all know Lincoln Riley is an overrated coach. Now, that's not me saying he's ass or he's trash or he's brutal. The guy produces a ton of Heisman Trophy winners, Heisman Trophy finalists. He stacks a bunch of wins. But in the big games, he doesn't get the job done. Never won a college football playoff game, even though he had a few Heisman Trophy winners at Oklahoma and then didn't even get to a college football playoff appearance having two years of Caleb Williams. Last year, they lose in the Pac-12 championship game, lost twice to Utah, and really Utah did it to them again this year, and they don't even have Cam Rising because it's one thing where the offense doesn't play great and Caleb Williams is allowed to have a stinker of a game. You lose one game to Notre Dame, you still run the table, you win the Pac-12, okay. One lost Pac-12 champ, we could talk that way about how we talk about Oregon this year. How Oregon, if they only lose one game to Washington and win the Pac-12 championship, they should be going to the college football playoff. And remember, Notre Dame, even though you lost, it's not in conference. But after that Notre Dame game that puts them at 6-1, and one, they lose to Utah. Then they survive barely against Cal by one point. And the last three weeks, lost to Washington, lost to Oregon, the two top teams in the Pac-12 this year, and then up against UCLA with rumors that Chip Kelly, his fate may already be determined. He already may be fired, and there's been some pushback there. You don't only lose, you lose by 18 points to UCLA. So we've gone from a team that had two losses last year to a team that has five this year. And the season isn't even over. And don't worry, it ends next week. But that's crazy. They only had two losses last year in the regular season and then the Pac-12 championship game. And this year, with they, you know, with the way that they are, they have five losses. That's wild. So they'll go to a bowl game with uh, their, you know, the regular season being over, but they're not going to a Pac-12 championship game this year. And Caleb Williams isn't going to play in the bowl game. Why would he? It'd be crazy for him to play in the bowl game. So this season's over for USC at 7-5, and five, and this is one of the worst coaching jobs that you've ever seen. To have Caleb Williams and to have five losses, and I correct myself, their regular season's over now. At 7-5, and five, that's brutal. Even for me, who has said Lincoln Riley is not all that is what people make him up to be, And I, before the year, had Washington as my Pac-12 champ. And I've loved Oregon going into this season. I still gave a lot of credit to Utah. With how many good teams they were looking to be before the season, people tell me, oh, I'm going to take USC because they got the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. They got the great Lincoln Riley. I'm like, the great Lincoln Riley? He's good. He's very good. He's not great. But at least at the other stops, he at least got to the college football playoff. Now, you can't even get to the Pac-12 championship game this year, let alone the college football playoff with Caleb Williams. Oof. Really ugly. Really bad. All righty, let's get to three college football takes. I'm going to start it off with Washington. Washington needs more respect. I don't know what the committee's going to do tomorrow, but Washington, out of the five teams or the four teams that are in front of them in the college football playoff rankings, Washington has the best win out of the four teams in front of them. Washington beat Oregon, who's six in the rankings, but 
Washington's undefeated, and they're not in the top four. Doesn't make sense. But what Washington did in Corvallis this past weekend, where I think a lot of people would have thought that in that potential Pac-12 championship rematch, that we would see Oregon beat Washington, Washington put something on display against Oregon State where their biggest weakness ended up being a strength up against Oregon State, Jonathan Smith, and DJ Ungolay. And that was the questions around the defense. That defense in the second half was magnificent. And their offense did nothing in the second half. As I know it's bad conditions, Michael Penix Jr. played his ass off in the first half. He made some really nice passes. But they didn't score in the second half. And they could have lost that game. But their defense came up big over and over again. So Washington, I'm assuming they're going to be in the top four when the uh, rankings come out on Tuesday night, but the committee has given them no respect that it's wild that Kalen DeBoer and the Huskies need to like slam the desk to, to get that respect, and they're 11-0, and and they get the win this weekend, then they win the Pac-12 championship game. We're looking at a team that's 13-0, and then what are people going to say? So Washington needs more respect. Florida State. I'm devastated for them. I love that Florida State team this year. We've had Norvell on, Jordan Travis on, Jared Verse on. They're a really fun team. I didn't think they'd make the CFP before the start of the season, but I picked them to win the ACC. And they're going to have a tough one as that ACC title game is decided going up against Louisville. And Jeff Brown, the head coach of Louisville, will join us coming up at 5.20 p.m. Eastern, 2.20 p.m. Pacific. So uh, that's coming up today on the show. We'll talk to Jeff Brown. But when you're going up against an inferior opponent, they were struggling with them. And you have your quarterback suffer a gruesome leg injury. A quarterback that they go on to win two more games. There would have been a Heisman push to be made. And he's been so tough this year playing through injuries. Remember the Clemson game when his arm looked like it was about to fall off his body. And he's gutted it out. And to see his his season come to an end and his college career come to an end, just absolutely devastated. But the take is, even though... I would expect Florida to fall out of the top four because people are going to look at them and they're going to say, oh, with the injury, they're a different team. They win their next two games, and they should be Florida, but they beat top 10 Louisville in the ACC championship game, and Louisville only has one loss in the year. I'm not keeping them out of the college football playoff. They're undefeated. They Even with Travis out, they still deserve to be in the college football playoff, but they got to take care of business the next two weeks. Let's listen up to Mike Norvell on the gruesome injury that Jordan Travis did suffer on Saturday. Jordan is, is so so important to this team. And you know, not just as the, the quarterback, but just who he is and what he stands for. Um, you know, and so I mean it's when you see a player get hurt and uh, you know and not really knowing what that's gonna what that's gonna be, but I've seen him and it was it was something that um, you know it was emotional and it was emotional for everybody. And you could have Tate Roadmaker come into the game after the Jordan Travis injury and go 13 to 23 for 217 yards, throw two touchdowns, but it was up against North Alabama. Like I, I don't know how to evaluate that. So I have, I can't sit here and pretend to be this, uh, this expert on on their new quarterback. But you should be able to be a Florida, and then you have a top 10 matchup against Louisville in the ACC championship game. You win those two games, you're undefeated, and you're 13 and 0. I'm not keeping you out of the college football playoff. Because you did what was expected of you, and that's now win every game of the season. Like once they got through Clemson, even with tough games at the time, Duke 
and uh, Miami on the horizon, too. They were expected to win every game the rest of the way after they beat Clemson. And we know what they did in week one against LSU, just taking it to Brian Kelly in the second half. Once they got through Clemson, they were expected to win every game. They still do that just because Travis got hurt? Yeah, you look at them differently, but I'm not keeping them out of the CFP. And then finally, Chris Kleiman at uh, Kansas State, he deserves a bigger job. And I think a lot of uh, attention has been thrown to Dan Lanning and Kalen DeBoer, deservedly so, for the jobs that open up like Texas A&M, Mississippi State, even when Michigan State did open up too. And sometimes you don't want to leave what's working well. But last year, Chris Kleiman may be the the most underappreciated conference champion ever. Like, they won the conference championship, but since they beat TCU and TCU at the time was undefeated and they were still going to college football playoff, no one celebrated the Wildcats. And then this year, they are 8-3, and three, and the three losses they had was up against Missouri by three points, just having a heck of a season. They lose to Oklahoma State, who's always a well-coached team with Mike Gundy, 29-21, to 21, and they lost in overtime to Texas, who could go to the college football playoff if they went out. 33-30. to 30. So this guy continues to do a great job, beat Kansas, having a heck of a season with Lance Leipold to go to 8-3. and three. They play Iowa State this weekend. They should be 9-3. and three. They're going to be in a big bowl game. Kansas State's a solid job, but he deserves a bigger job. Like, I'm, like A&M, that would be a home run hire if they walk away uh, getting Chris Kleiman. It really would be. And maybe it's not sexy, maybe it's not flashy, but everywhere that dude goes, he wins. So those are three college football takes. Still give Washington... They need more respect. Florida State, they win their next two games. They should still go to the college football playoff, even without Jordan Travis. And I'm gutted for him that he's done for the season. And Chris Kleiman, uh, he deserves a big-time job in college football. We'll break. We'll come on back. We'll do a little no-huddle offense. And still to come in 25 minutes from now, off to the ACC championship game, back at home where the school that he played his college ball at, Jeff Brom, the head coach of Louisville, will join us with Kentucky this week and then the ACC championship the following week. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.